Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So as the reporting goes, there was a man arrested by Capitol Police. So this is D.C. With knives in his truck that was painted with swastikas near the DNC headquarters in Washington. I mean, that's just the trifecta right there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833 468 That is the number. 833 got Tony. Oh, we've got a lot of mandate talk to get into and how Joe Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat, is saying no to the $3.5 trillion and Goomba Bernie's coming to town. Hot diggity. Guy's name is Donald Craighead of Oceanside, California. Arrested for possession of prohibited weapons. The knives were prohibited weapons? Look, I, I, I get it. There are people out there who do crazed things. Uh, I'm so old. I remember when a guy who was a staunch Bernie Sanders supporter tried to kill every Republican he could find in a softball game. Not called a hate crime, not called an insurrection, by the way. As a matter of fact, it was the FBI for a while that wouldn't even say it was an attack. Just a, like an oopsie. But the guy had a swastika and other white supremacist symbols painted on it. And the truck did not have a license plate. Oh, they've got photos and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Uh, I think that's a pentagram. I am not so sure. I think that's a pentagram on the steering wheel. You want to tell me that there are crazed people out there who want to engage in crazed things? Okay, fine. You want to tell me it's a guy who just had a poorly decorated truck? I'll take that too. The The question before us is what what are we looking at? What does it mean? How does it play out? Why will this become a story when the amount of children murdered in Chicago isn't? But that'll be a story because they'll say this is why we have to get rid of guns. But the guy here in the Capitol Police arrested had knives. So what's your argument? You know, there's a high school in Indianapolis where an 18-year-old student stabbed a 17-year-old student. He's being charged with attempted murder. There was a beef online that then they get to, to the school. I'm going to slice you. Chases after two kids. Was able to catch up to one of them, stabbed them. The students are worried about their safety. They're actually mad at, at other teachers uh, for not sharing with them what's going on. I'm like, don't be mad. At, don't be mad at the teachers. Don't be mad at the teachers. They may not know what was happening, and they may not be, even have the right to share it with you. What happens if they share with you, the student? What happened and you know one of these kids like, oh, I got to go defend him because of some nonsense garbage, garbage like honor conversation. Garbage, sorry. All of a sudden I'm from Boston. Right, that happens all the time. Oh, you mess with my friends, you mess with me. What are you doing? You know who wins a knife fight? No one. First rule of learning how to engage a knife fight. No one wins. You're going to get cut. It's going to hurt. It's going to take time to heal if you live through it at all. Teacher isn't supposed to tell you what's going on. They're supposed to say, hey, stay right here. Let everybody get everything settled, and then we can get into what happened. That's their job. 
So these kids are angry with the teachers for not telling them what's going on. I don't think that's the case. I think the story here is a stabbing in a school. What's happening? Why does that happen? I think the story here is why do so many people feel the need to kill each other on the streets of Chicago and Indianapolis and in other cities? Why is it happening? What lies underneath? What culturally is happening underneath? What happened to this guy? In this, in this Dodge Dakota pickup with everything painted on it. With a cachet of knives. Look, I'm not even arguing that you can't have a bunch of knives in your truck and you can't paint on your truck what you want to. Some people grossly have swastikas. Some people have a, a I Love Louis Farrakhan bumper sticker. I mean, equally as gross in my view. It's your car. You do what you want. But until we start getting to these underneath things, right? What is the story underneath? What is it that's really happening? We're, not, we're never going to get anywhere. We're never going to get anything accomplished. Now, if, if more from this story comes out about this arrest, I'll, I'll be sure uh, to, to, to share it with you. And, oh, yeah, I have got, like, a, a full madness of statements about vaccine mandates. We're going to get into much more about the, the, the craziness coming up but you've got so-called republicans david from being one of them how's the mass civil disobedience campaign against vaccine mandates going at united airlines 50 percent of unvaccinated employees have already complied in the first three weeks of the five-week grace period according to the ceo jack kirby what is with the fascination of complying like this is this is how we view Solid Americans comply with government mandates? Notice I didn't say laws. And these people continue to fail when they have these conversations. You want to pass a law? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Pass the law. Now, the law won't get anywhere, but go ahead. Prove it. You want to ban guns? Pass a law. You want to change the Constitution? Go ahead. I dare you to add another amendment. Add an amendment repealing the Second Amendment. Give it a shot. I oppose the end-arounds. I oppose the attacks on the Second Amendment. I oppose you saying that we're going we're gonna to license ammunition and you're only going to be able to buy this. The whole comment period that's been going on about, uh, what, what is it, arm braces? I mean, it's really fascinating. You, you may not know that there are these, these types of firearms where you can have a it, it's it's not it's not a it's not a stock it's called a pistol brace right so don't think of it as a as like you would for for a shotgun and it can you know some of them like on, on the sig sauer or, or or on the cz scorpion it can swing out yeah i know a couple things it's a stabilizing pistol brace and they had this public comment period on it with the atf alcohol tobacco firearms and the response was immense opposed to bans on this. It's it, it's it's basically taking this weapon and giving you a chance to brace it a little bit better. And the the ATF was like, oh, we should we shouldn't even have this. We should make this illegal. And people are like, what's wrong with you? In a public comment period, you're getting your butt kicked. You think you can get a constitutional amendment across? Take your best shot. The point is that would at least be the proper way. 
the proper way I don't have objections to. It gives me a chance to fight it. When you go through things like mandates through the Department of Labor and OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, you're doing an end around purposefully, willingly, and wantonly, and that's not something I can fight. Of course I gotta be opposed to it. And the people who are okay with it, same people who are okay with comply, that's just a, a, an, an evil I can't even begin to rationalize. That the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, they, they used to be opposed. They used to be opposed to the idea of mandates and then they said, oh, oh, well, Trump's not in office anymore. Okay, I guess mandates are cool now. I guess we could do it now. Now is fine. It wasn't fine before. It was Glenn Greenwald over there at his Substack who pointed this out. When it comes to COVID-19, this from the New York Times, ACLU writing in the New York Times. All considerations point in the same direction. In fact, far from compromising civil liberties, vaccine mandates actually further civil liberties. Many claim that vaccines are just a, are, are a justifiable intrusion on autonomy and bodily integrity. That may sound ominous because we all have the fundamental right to bodily integrity and to make our own healthcare decisions. But these rights are not absolute. They do not include the right to inflict harm on others. While vaccine mandates are not always permissible, they rarely run afoul of civil liberties when they involve highly infectious and devastating diseases like COVID-19. Holy cow. Do these people not know anything about science? They don't know anything about science. It would further civil liberties to say government could force you to get a vaccine. That's pretty creepy. However... When I don't have a vaccine or you don't have a vaccine, the idea that you're inflicting harm on others, well, that's not 100% true now, is it? This gets into the great lie about how you infect others, even if they're vaccinated, by you not being vaccinated. Now, I believe that the vaccine, which is really an inoculation, works. I believe it works. I think the science shows that. I think I have questions about kids getting inoculations. I don't think I've seen enough study that shows what the long-term effects could be on kids on a series of things because we're talking about people who are still in stages of development. That's why I oppose it. You need more for me to feel good about that. Many parents, you need more for them to feel good about inoculating their kid. You haven't proven it yet. It may take time and study and all those things. And then... You can prove safety and efficacy. You'll get more people uh, to, to, to do that. But the vaccinated person and the unvaccinated person can both spread COVID. The vaccinated person will just have an easier time dealing with it in the main because the vaccine, the inoculation, regardless of who it's from, will lower and lessen the symptoms. Now, people who are vaccinated can still die from COVID. It, Pfizer is 95% effective, Right. So I don't even know why they ever called it a breakthrough case. If you have a 100-mile border and you put up 95 miles of fence, nothing broke through. They walked around the side. Nothing broke through. Stop calling it a breakthrough case. It sounds ridiculous. It's meant to scare people. It's meant to instill fear. If it solves 95%, it stops 95%. If it lowers symptoms, it lowers symptoms or lessens symptoms. That seems obvious. 
and the idea of highly infectious and devastating diseases like COVID-19. 99% of people survive. I don't think you get to say devastating. I think that that's a stretch from the ACLU. Don't worry, you've got the Surgeon General going down this same road. I'm going to get into all this. This is actually where I wanted to start, man. I'm just on a, on a roll. No, where I wanted to start was with infrastructure. I know. Boring, lame infrastructure. Come on, cats. But Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, is saying no to the $3.5 trillion. Yes, 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 yes. And Bernie Sanders is not happy. (gasps) Bernie angry. Bernie smash. Like his wife ruining a college. Just smash it all up. So here's what Joe Manchin has said. And this matters because this affects you. Don't get me wrong. The other things affect you as well. But a lot of things are happening at once. And if we start avoiding stories or, oh, no, that's not a top line story. We we can't even worry about that. It's all got to be mandate. No. The mandate, we don't even know how that's going to play out. We haven't seen it, how it was written. We haven't seen how OSHA's going to put it forward. We haven't seen what the legal challenges are going to be or whether or not the courts are just going to toss it directly out because they do that with a lot of OSHA regulations. Bernie Sanders wants this $3.5 trillion package, desperate for it. And he's upset that it's not actually more money. And what he wants to do, as chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, he wants both. He wants the $3.5 trillion that's going to go through budget reconciliation, so no Republican votes whatsoever. The one that has about human infrastructure, which is a total lie. It's all about spending. It's all about wish list spending for the political left. Having nothing to do with infrastructure at all. And he wants to tie that to the $1.2 trillion bill that's supposedly bipartisan. Joe Manchin has said, wait a second. We can't. This $3.5 trillion is, is, is ridiculous and silly. We're hurting ourselves here. This is not valuable. This is not necessary. We're making a mistake. Here he was with CNN. And he will not have my vote on 3.5, and Chuck knows that. And we've talked about this. Um, we've already put out $5.4 trillion, and we've tried to help Americans in every way we possibly can. And a lot of the help that we put out there is still there, and it's going to run clear until next year, 2022. What's the urgency? What's the urgency that we have? It's not the same urgency that we have with the American Rescue Plan. We got that out the door quickly. That was about $2 billion, $2 trillion. And on top of that, you know, all the things we've had with the CARES package, everything leading up to that. So we have done an awful lot, and there's still an awful lot of people that need help. But you have 11 million jobs that aren't filled right now. 8 million people are still unemployed. Something's not matching up. Don't you think? So that's Joe Manchin bringing up a rational conversation that this is a lot of spending and it isn't necessary and things aren't matching up, and he gets specific. We ought to hit the pause and find out the vulnerability that we have, Dana, right now. We don't know what happened with this COVID. It's awful coming back the way it is with the vengeance. We don't know about inflation. We know it's running rampant right now. I can tell you in West Virginia, inflation's running rampant. And on top of that, the challenges we're going to have, geopolitical challenges, shouldn't we be prepared He's asking a legitimate question. Well, AOC and Bernie, they are not interested in that. Ah! How dare you stop this from happening? And what they have now said is, this has got to be a package deal. Bernie has said in the Senate, this has got to be a package deal. We're going to do both bills at the same time. The $1.2 trillion 
and the budget reconciliation and the $3.5 trillion. So both, the $1.2 and the $3.5. And if they ain't together, well, we ain't going to do them at all. You hear what I'm saying? I'm Bernie freaking Sanders. And you either bring me both bills or we ain't going to do nothing. I get two or zip. What you going to have? You're going to have two or nothing. Nothing or two. Which one's it going to be? Look, maybe we haven't met. I'm in charge of this thing, all right? If I tell you I want to see two bills, I want to see two bills. Don't send me one bill. Don't send me one bill. Don't you insult me. Don't you disrespect me, none. I want two bills on my desk. Otherwise, you and your mother can go you know what. So that's what he's doing. Ocasio-Cortez is willing to scuttle the $1.2 trillion package in the House. If Joe Manchin doesn't vote for this. Now, there's also Kirsten Sinema, senator from, from Arizona, Democrat, who isn't in favor of the $3.5 trillion in spending. A lot of pressure being put on Joe Manchin. Now, he's not going to spend nothing. He'll spend something. He just doesn't want to spend $3.5 trillion. I don't want to spend anything on this bill. It's terrible. But remember, these people don't care. Bernie and Ocasio-Cortez, these are ideologues who care nothing for how it affects us financially. means nothing to them. Lot going on in the world. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Is it is it too early for a flashback? Nah, it's never too early for a flashback, is it? No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as the president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing. And when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. So, you know, it was just a little flashback to when they weren't talking about mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And what changed? Well, either one of two things changed. They have irrefutable scientific evidence that if everybody were to be vaccinated, COVID would be over. They don't have it. They have irrefutable evidence that if everybody wore a mask, COVID would be over. They don't have it. Or they lied. And that these conversations are political. Now, I've got more on that. And speaking of political, Salesforce offering people a way out of Texas because of the abortion law. And then, of course, 9-11, and you had the politicos in New York, and these people want to bag on Trump. Oh, that fetish. That's all coming up. Plus, uh, Dr. Louis Profeta, ER doctor. Let's talk science and COVID. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Americans turn pessimistic amid concerns over economy and coronavirus. I know, I know, you are shocked. Tony Katz. <laughs> Tony Katz today, it's so good to be with you guys. 833, got Tony, let me hear from you. 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. Honestly, open up them phones. 833-GOT-TONY. The best part is this headline is from CNN. It was a CNN a poll that they did. 69% of Americans say things in the country today are going badly. 
But when the pandemic was at a high, that was uh, 77%. So in March, people felt uh, 60% uh, said things were going poorly. And say economic conditions are poor, 62% up from 45% in April. I think that number is is more important. Okay, I, I you, you know that I have issues with polls everywhere. I, I, I no longer know what to believe. You take a look at the fact that CNN is now admitting they're using a different polling methodology. So the new approach relies on both online and telephone interviews, allowing respondents to participate in whichever way is more comfortable to, with for them, and will use different methods for measuring long-term trends and for reaction to breaking news. Now, is this because they realize that their polling has done them so poorly they actually might want to know what is going on in America? Maybe. Biden's approval rating is 52%. But let's go back to this headline. Americans turn pessimistic amid concerns over the economy and COVID. The Dow is up 250 points today. How do these two things connect? Where is the disconnect? Maybe that's a better way to ask the question. There is a vast difference between Main Street and Wall Street. Main Street will, I mean, Wall Street, I should say, will invest in things that have nothing to do with Main Street issues. What does it matter if Main Street can't find employees to stay open on Monday and lunches for Tuesday and Wednesday when they can just invest in Amazon and you're still going to buy that whatever piece of crap is so you can have it delivered in 24 hours? There's the difference. That what the market sees is not Midwest Main Street. What the market sees is only what the market wants to see. Now, I am not an anti-Wall Street guy by any stretch. But I can see from a very anecdotal level where it maybe misses the mark on telling us what's going on, which is why, even though the Dow is up so much, I mean, the Dow is over 34,000, it's near 35,000, you still see headlines like Americans turn pessimistic amid concerns over the economy. If you work as a restaurant server, use that as an example. We talk about how the shortages of, uh, you know, in, in, in trucking and in shortages in other places, it's preventing things from getting from point A to point B. Food is one of those things. But you also have shortages and labor shortages. You are a server in a restaurant. You're a waiter, you're a waitress. I think they say server now for everything. So the restaurant no longer opens on Monday and closes for lunch Tuesday and Wednesday because they don't have enough people to be able to serve the audience. You, who is working, are the one that is impacted. Never mind that the owner is impacted. You, the employee, you're impacted. Now how many restaurants do you have to work at in order to be able to make the living that you were making if more people were back in the force? And what is it that's keeping people from getting back into the force? That's where the coronavirus conversation comes up. If you still have people questioning whether they can keep their kids in school, if you still have uh, people questioning whether they should be outdoors because you're scaring them to bloody holy hell death by telling them you're, you're going to contract this and you're going to give that. and this, I mean, it's just nonstop. It is absolutely positively nonstop, this level of, of fear. Did you hear Fauci? You want to talk about vaccines for travel? He's like, oh, yeah, 
that's a, that sounds good. If we get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated, we will get to herd immunity. If we do it in the next six months, it will happen in the next six months. If we do it in the next two months, it'll happen in the next two months. I would support that. If you want to get on a plane and travel with other people, that you should be vaccinated. When you hear us say, should you mandate vaccination for children to be able to attend school, some people say, oh, my goodness, that would be terrible to do that. But we already do that and have been doing that for decades and decades. First, look how quickly he went past, I guess it was a Q&A. Look how quickly he goes past, past the idea of, yeah, 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 no, 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 vaccination for air travel. Best of luck with those uh, Christmas plans. Best of luck. Producer Ari, he's, wh- where are you heading in January? Hawaii. Right. Honeymoon. The, the honeymoon. He, he, they took a delayed honeymoon. Uh, and, and, and the sacrifices you make. Producer Ari, thank oh, you. Oh, just it's it's hard to, it's hard to fathom. It really is. Uh, uh, we we my wife and I have still not taken our honeymoon. Oh, yeah, you've N- been on a honeymoon since you got married, haven't you? It's been that great. Look at you, look at you with just the sweet sweet things right there. You you know you are, you are just a lover deep at heart. Mm-hmm. But I'm supposed to go uh, down to Florida. We're going to visit uh, the parents, the in-laws, do the whole thing. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get on a plane. I have absolutely no idea if we're going to be able to get on a plane. You're telling me that now you absolutely have to have the children vaccinated as well? Is that where we're going to go with this? And let's get into the idea of children vaccinated just really quickly. You've proven to America... That MMR and polio vaccines work. Also, uh, measles, mumps, polio affect children, kill children, harm children, damage children. COVID? Pfft. Nope. Is it to say that there haven't been children who've died of COVID? It goes to the idea that if children were most susceptible to COVID, parents would be killing other parents in the middle of the streets for vaccines. I'm sorry. Is the honesty just too much for everybody? Is is that what I'm hearing? It's just that it can't take it. If COVID affected children, people would kill each other in the streets to get their kids vaccinated. But it doesn't. So they're not panicking. Now they're going another unique way with it. Well, what does it do to children? Now, let me say, for for the record, I would never, ever divulge what I do medically with my kids. I won't share that stuff at all, just like I don't share my own, because it gets used in this political hellscape, and I don't want any part of that. And also, while I believe that that we should be open and honest with each other, look, I think there it's okay that there are things that you keep just for you and your family, and I do the same. I think that's a rational thing to do. I have dear friends I've had my my whole life long. I I don't share every bit of my medical history with them. I mean, I have friends that we talk about the the, the nitty-gritty. I haven't discussed this with any of my friends. You want to hear one that's happening? I I have no fear of going bald whatsoever. None. Zero. I have had hair my whole life. I used to grow growing up. I had hair down to, to my butt. I, when I got married, my hair was, was that long. Crazy wavy hair. You can find the pictures of me. Ridiculous just everywhere. I don't know. Getting older, whatever the case may be. I'm not, I'm, my hair, I'm not, I don't have male pattern baldness. That's not what I have. 
It's thinning. Now, I, please, this is this is a nonsense conversation, but just just go with me uh, on, on this. You better believe that I'm going to speak to some people I know. Be like, do you guys know anything about thinning hair and, and anything you can do about that? And I'll tell you why, because it never bothered me. The idea of going bald or boom doesn't bother me. Like going gray wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I never considered thinning. I don't know if I want the slow death march. Well, that's how it works. You don't just randomly become, become bald one day. It but thins people out. All, like 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 with male pattern baldness, like like it starts sometimes at the top of the head. Sure. Right. I don't have any of that. So if if that was happening, I'd be like, forget it, just let it go. Boop. Shaved off, done. I, that would be it, and I would look so unbelievably freaking hot, is to be believed. Like Bruce Willis. Oh, I make Bruce Willis look like my bitch. I would just be super, super hot. But thinning, I'm like, nope. I don't think I can look at that every day. I don't think I want that. Now you could say to me, Tony, that's a pretty vain thing. Well, I do a lot of things out in the world. Maybe that's all right. And f- for the record, maybe you don't know this about me. Totally fine with plastic surgery. Everything except facelifts. Don't mess with your face. Don't get the eye. Don't not with the not with the cheeks. Leave it be. You see it. Usually it's women. You see enough women get facelifts, and you're like, oh, oh, that wasn't necessary. You didn't. You didn't have to do that. No, you were. It was better the other way. You know when you looked like a person. Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. Thanks for leaving me alone on the island right there, guys. Appreciate you. Goodness gracious. I don't even know how I got into that conversation. It's just on my mind. But this is... Uh, the, the, the What I was discussing was the idea of kids. I was discussing the idea of kids and vaccines and not knowing what is going to happen. Now, I don't think that a vaccine is going to make your kid go bald. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But the idea that we take things as adults is because we are already fully formed. Your 14-year-old isn't. And it is very acceptable, rational, that a parent might say, hmm, I don't know about this. Ask me in three years. Ask me when they've got more data. All they got to do is prove it to me. All they got to do is just show me what is possible. Show me how this works. And then we can go forward from there, and that's totally fine. Fine and good and no issue. But the idea that Dr. Fauci is going to say, we've been doing this for decades and decades and decades, and the number's about 90%. We don't have 100% vaccination. It was Dr. Scott Gottlieb, or was it Dr. former FDA director, uh, Scott Gottlieb, who I am not a fan of, by the way, talking about this on Face the Nation. You get to 90, 90 plus percent. You don't get to 100%. Naturally, when it comes to, to COVID inoculations, vaccinations, you're going to get close to there. As time goes, people get more used to it. Yet you have, uh, you know, people like, like Dr. Dr. Wen on CNN saying that people shouldn't be allowed to leave their homes if they're not vaccinated. I'll save that for a little bit later. 
people pessimistic amid concerns over the economy and coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Of course they are. The difference between Wall Street and Main Street is a big one. And it's affecting people everywhere. Everywhere. People are being affected in a lot of different ways. People are about to be affected by the words of Dr. Anthony Fauci supporting vaccine requirements for air travel. Best of luck seeing grandma and grandpa. Sorry, Mima, you will die alone. For, over what? Something that kids survive and something that the vast majority of adults survive? 99%, right? And then to say, well, we, we take measles, so we can, we can mandate this. It isn't the same. Because you haven't given America enough time to absorb it. What you said is, here it is, now take it. Well, that's actually not what you said. What you first said is, here it is, but it's from Trump, so don't trust it. Then you said, oh, wait, Biden's in power, take it. And now you want to force it into him through the employers that they have because you as a government know that you can't do it. And Joe Biden is such a country club thug and a two-bit coward that he isn't willing to do it in damn self. No, no, no. We'll force the businesses to do it. That's how we do our dirty work as opposed to respecting parents and respecting others who may not be there yet. So yeah, these concerns, being pessimistic, I think that is the facts on the ground. I'm Tony Katz. What do you think of those calls? Well, I think that they're entitled to their opinion. <laughs> I think they, and, and not only they understand the political world much better than I, or they understand it pretty well. And uh, uh, there we are. So, why didn't you retire? I didn't retire because I decided on balance I wouldn't retire. That's Justice Stephen Breyer speaking with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday, addressing all the people who want him to retire, who want him to step out. And he's like, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing that. It was a weird interview. All right, it kind of looked like Wallace was trying to push him to uh re- retire. And then he actually said that, you know, if there were term limits, it would certainly make life easier. Let's say, you know, a Supreme Court justice only spent 18 years on the bench. That would certainly make things a lot easier. By the way, Breyer's 83. He looks pretty good for 83. He seems Solid for 83, at least in that interview. There could be problems I don't know anything about. But the idea that you would push for term limits is is pretty something. It's pretty something indeed. Then there's the story of the cat. So this is uh, Miami. uh, This is at Hard Rock Stadium. This is at a University of Miami game, football game. I don't know how the animal got into the stadium. Did somebody bring it? Yeah. Someone brought their cat? Not advised, but yes. Yeah. Next thing you know, the cat's in like one of the balconies and it starts to slip. Like it fell over and tried to hold on. So the cat is dangling from the balcony. It, uh, you, you fall, you're going to get hurt. Cat's going to get hurt. Two paws, people are trying to grab for it. Then one paw. Then the cat falls. The people below had been watching this. And someone had brought a very large American flag because September 11th. And they spread out the American flag. 
and the cat falls from the balcony onto the American flag, is safe and sound. The entire stadium is watching what's happening. The cat falls, and they go, ah! And the next thing you know, they, they catch the cat, and this guy picks the cat up, and the place cheers like crazy. What they don't show you is the video of the guy who had picked up the cat is manhandling this thing like it was crazy. Crazy. But they're calling it now AmeriCat. It's America's cat. Don't bring your pets to a football game. Let's get into some science. If you are vaccinated, is the unvaccinated person a real problem to you? And exactly what is causing the stress in hospitals? Dr. Louis Profeta, ER doctor, scheduled to be with us. This is Tony Katz today.